As business owners and business leaders, we have a duty and the opportunity to make the world a better place. These are some of the words that John Rosling talks about in this next podcast, where we talk about the world of purposefulness and what it means to have a purpose-led business. How do we activate purpose? How do we help build the trust in the organization so that people willingly want to work for you, believe in what you're saying, and do you know what? Actually increase the value of a business long-term. But that's not the real thing we do it for. We do it because we want to transform the world. We talk about so many things here, including Patagonia and what Patagonia means. And I still come back to that sense that Patagonia has a purpose around we're in business to save the home planet that engages our employees that helps people stay in the organization it re-energizes them and actually makes the world a better place long term so as you listen to this just take away what is it you mean by purpose what does purpose mean to your organization what does purpose mean to you a lot of people have played lip service to the word of purpose before my belief is by listening to this you realize you can't just play lip service you need to do something about it now because it will increase your value in the world long term and you know what people will enjoy working with you you'll get more out of it and you might make more money in the long run but guess what you're going to save the planet enjoy the show this is john rosling from contexas so welcome to the podcast this is phil rose i'm your host and this is the sparks by ignium podcast uh, for all our listeners out there you know that we combine the worlds of commercial reality with purpose and today i'm delighted to be joined by john rosling ceo of contexas contexas is a global purpose and measurement and activation organization based in the UK, but with offices worldwide as well. We're going to talk about purpose, we're going to talk about activation and what that really means. I've known John for about 12 years now in a number of different guises. And one thing I know about John is purpose is at the core. So welcome, John, to the Sparks Bagging podcast. Well, thank you very much, Phil. Nice to see you. So purpose activation. We're going to talk a lot about that, but what do we mean by purpose activation? Uh, well, good question, Phil. Um, so I think um, I think it's pretty clear what purpose is for organisations, uh, and that is an expression of why they exist, why they deserve to exist, um, and hopefully the, the sort of social purpose they serve in the world. Yeah. The question then is, well, how do you actually use that as distinct from just say you have it? Uh, and increasingly what's becoming apparent and as you say, we, we do a lot of measurement of purpose globally, which we guess we can talk about. And um, when we measure, it's very, very clear that saying you have a purpose has zero impact on anybody. Showing you have an impact yeah. is the thing. And so activation is about having the courage and the authenticity to live the purpose act actively in every decision you make in er mm. every day. And also looking for opportunities as leaders I think to demonstrate that to your employees and so I guess to the wider world but yeah. that then starts looking a lot like kind of marketing and brand positioning and stuff and, and what I'm really saying is it's it's looking for the opportunities to authentically live the purpose the organization yeah. claims it claims yeah. it lives for so activation is about purpose as a verb not purpose as a noun if you like mm, okay okay and, and i think that's the key thing isn't it because actually we need to be doing stuff we need to be making this happen rather than just talking about it and a lot of companies have paid lip service to the word word purpose uh, and i look across my office at the moment i've got the uh, the 17 un sustainability goals on my wall a lot of people talked about sustainability and put sustainability into their purpose about doing something different for the planet but we did do know that over the last number of years, there are some businesses who just whitewashed it or greenwashed it, as you might have said. Um, yes. So, so I wonder, from a point of purpose, maybe we just take take a step back, just for listeners who aren't aware and maybe have been hiding under a rock for the last few years. What 
is purpose in your mind and how would you define it? Uh, purpose is the reason to exist. Yeah. And so uh, in theory, a purpose can just be uh, anything. I mean, it could be to, to make as much money as possible or whatever. But I think what, what is clear about the way purpose is used organizationally is it should be, if it's going to have any benefit to you, yeah. which we can talk about what I mean by that in a minute, I guess. It should be something people can aspire to, can feel proud of. Yeah. It has to trans. It has to transcend the narrow interests of the company. So, I, I think although in in terms of the dictionary definition, profit can be a purpose. Yeah. I don't think it can be purpose because I think in order to engage humanity, in order to engage the the passions and and the and the the skills of the people in the organisation, and to engage customers and, and others outside it. I think purpose has to be more than just what's good for me. It has to be something yeah. people can feel proud of and therefore purpose has to have some kind of socially beneficial or environmentally beneficial element. Otherwise, it, there's nothing necessarily wrong with it. It's just there's no point in even saying you've got a purpose because it's basically, it's not a purpose in the sense that we're trying to use the word. So it's why you deserve to exist. As opposed to we're here just to make money, which some companies rightly so set up for, but we're actually talking about a bigger purpose that's engaging. It's about engaging all of the stakeholders, customers, suppliers, the environment around you in something that, that's good for me and you rather than just, just something that's good for me is what you're really saying there is the key. Yes, because the, the function of organizational purpose is I think to do two things fundamentally. One is to engage and the second is to clarify. So the engagement thing is I want to work, all human beings, well, 98% of human beings, if we want to be really technical, want to work for an organization that has some sense of meaning. Yeah. Um, now, you, they, people will compromise on that need. Uh, so people will work for companies that have no meaning, but they will require compensation in other ways. Uh, and where they don't get that compensation or where that then becomes inadequate, then they leave. And when they realize that, and the whole current great resignation issue is fundamentally people having taken time out to think about it, realizing that the emotional compensation they're getting from their employment is not sufficient to give the time and the energy and the soul into it. So the yeah. first thing is purpose has to, has to engage people. And what that is about is saying, we as an organization stands for something that you as an individual can feel proud of, feel motivated, by um, share meaning with it's something that makes your life and your work meaningful it it is a a contract between us as an organization and you as an individual at an emotional level it engages people and the second thing it does which is also really important is it clarifies it sets direction it creates uh, velocity it creates clarity purposeful organizations are staffed by people who are very clear about their overriding objective in a sense but it's a very emotional objective it's the north star it's why we exist yeah and yeah. when you put those two things together highly engaged workforce very clear with the confidence to take quick decisions that's where you get incredibly agile organizations and, and there's a bit of a dilemma in this conversation because purpose drives commercial performance mm. you know right. it is provable yeah if you adopt purpose in order to drive um, financial performance it almost never works so the dilemma is you have to do it for the right reasons because it has to be authentic otherwise it doesn't work yeah. so if you adopt a morally supportable authentic 
organizational purpose and you do it with with courage and integrity it will reward you with a more successful and and if you're a, an entrepreneurial smaller business a much easier business to run yeah Okay. And that business will be more successful. But that is not to say, oh, well, let's do purpose because I'll drive my profit. Because if you try and do that, it really genuinely doesn't work because people see through it. It doesn't work. It's not authentic. All the reasons. So yeah, the answer to yeah. your question is purpose is those two things. It is a statement of why we exist. It's the lived intention of the organization, which is intended to engage people. And I focus very much on, on the humanity in the organization. But it's okay. equally true that investors, customers, regulators, journalists get involved and engage in your purpose. I just think your, your first focus, your first priority should be your people, yeah. not externals. But that's a point of view. And, and I like that because I think that comes back to that word you said earlier. This is about engaging. And you said, said right at the beginning, it's about engaging people and contracting people at an emotional level. So the key here is getting people to really buy into your purpose. And we always talk about the fact that people will buy into your business because of your purpose. And I think when you talked about the great resignation, we talked there about re-energizing and re-engaging people. One of those ways we've talked about in the past and over the last year or so is about people really wanting to be part of your organization, not just to come to your business because they want to earn money, they want to engage with hearts and minds. And that's the bit where the re-engagement works because they've got clarity around why you exist in the first place. Absolutely. I mean, pe people are not complicated. It's just that businesses have sort of forgotten over the last generation or two that they employ human beings. You know, we've managed to create a world in which we think people are some kind of uh, units mm. of, of currency, you know, the whole rational actor conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, what Dan Pink, I, I think, memorably called slightly better smelling horses, <laughs> that if you give people carrot and stick, then they'll perform. And that, that just, I mean, yes, they will. But it's an incredibly efficient, inefficient, and expensive way of going about it. If you if you think about any meaningful, effective organisation, you know whether it's whether it's a military unit or a sports team or you know a climbing expedition, they do certain things which businesses are perfectly mm. capable of doing. What they do is they set a very clear sense set of you know a purpose, yeah. a mission, an intention, you know command mission. I think the army call it. So it's a very clear thing. And they wrap that around in a very carefully thought through and authentically delivered culture that we are a team, we will deliver yeah. this. What organizations do is they provide a series of fairly muddled um, objectives, which are often mutually exclusive and excluding. Then they create a culture in which people spend a lot of their time feeling relatively scared, uncertain. Mm. So you've got both confusion and fear and then what the organization does is it keeps changing its mind. So they, nobody will then take responsibility. So organizations are inherently incredibly inefficient. So my view is, of this is it's, this is not some kind of newly discovered amazing panacea. It is simply an expression of how people yeah. are. People only really need two things, which is okay. I need to understand what I do matters. Yeah. And I need to feel I'm part of a community in delivering. Yeah. Okay. And if you give people those two things, they will give their they're all I mean they you know we, we see people in organizations when they get that just performing to an extraordinary degree mm. because it matters yeah, to them yeah and that's the key isn't it it's that this thing about it making it matter um so so one of the things you talked about within contextist I want to get into this a little bit more about how do you measure it because what contextist does is help people measure purpose whereas in the past we've talked about it and we put out purpose in terms of putting in the annual reports a lot of small businesses will talk about having a purpose above and beyond making money 
Larry Fink from BlackRock stands up every year and says that, you know, we want to invest in businesses that have a purpose above and beyond. Um, back three years ago, or four years ago now, 181 businesses in the US Roundtable signed up to, to the, the world of purpose to challenge that. But actually, well, sort of. or, or sort of it, yeah, okay. We'll come back to that in a minute. But they did sign up, 181 have signed up to say they want to do something. Um, yes, okay. I yeah, agree. I, I know. Let's, go, let's not go down that rabbit hole for a second. But the, the key is there yeah. about this measurement of it. So, so we can talk about it. We can see the sustainability goals and see what's going on. But how do you measure it? Because that's what Contexas is developed or has developed and is doing. What does measurement mean? So, um, so quick so why why measure in the first place i think you measure because it's it's the most efficient way of ensuring you're getting this right yeah. and it's the most efficient way of driving um and supporting your journey it gives you the precision to know what's working what isn't working and constantly um, sense checking that so the mm. idea of measurement is very sensible there are various ways of measuring it um, i i know organizations um, measure it themselves and have to devise, devise their own way of doing it the problem is knowing what to measure yeah and, and we spend a lot of time ourselves and, and a, a huge bundle of academics globally led by our partners at Cambridge University to really think this through over the last six years. about What is it that you really want to measure? And if you measure, so first of all, if you ask people, which a lot of engagement surveys now do, you know, do you believe in the company's purpose? It, mm. It's an almost impossible question for people to answer because as soon as you drop the mm. P-bomb on someone, mm. they're going to have assumptions about what you mean by that. And they're going to assume you're talking about the statement because they've seen it on the wall every time they come into the office. Okay. So asking them that is not yeah. helpful. Okay. A lot of engagement surveys with us, and you will get a very high number. If you ask people, do you believe the company's purposeful? You'll get a number of about 88%. And people are, yippee. So that's not what you want to know. Okay. Um, equally, you could measure externality. So you could measure, I don't know, water consumption or, or carbon or energy use or volunteering hours or anything. And that's great. It does give you some sense. But there are so many what academics would call confounds and okay. reasons why those things may exist independently of purpose. So our view is what you really want to do is you want to understand two things fundamentally. One is how are people behaving in the company? Okay. And there are certain human behaviors that are known to drive success now measure success happiness engagement alignment uh, creativity innovation openness to ideas meaning clarity velocity any of these measures they are academically previously measured so we just take things that have already been measured that have been peer reviewed we okay. can therefore measure lots and lots of aspects of a really successful organization so we start from a position of saying what does a really successful agile organization look like. okay let us understand how we measure those so we now have a bundle of measurement behaviors that are inherently success uh, linked to success and by success i mean human motivation and organizational performance so then the next thing you want to measure the second thing you want to measure is is purpose itself so you ask a series mm -hmm. of questions and you do both of those things through surveys of employees i don't believe you can do it through ai okay i think you have to ask people. interesting so you ask people a number of questions around their views of the company's purposefulness Pur and you use that word purposefulness is that what you're talking about there? okay yeah not a word we would use in talking to an employee yeah. but i don't think there's any point in saying tell me about the company's purpose because there are so many assumptions yeah. that you want to know do people feel the organization stands for something beyond mm. profit stand for something that does good in the world does things that make me feel proud when i come to work other things in the organization that i feel really engaged with and attached to so there's a sort of set, set of proxies now you now have two sets of measures one is 
I can tell you the degree to which a person in the organization feels a company to be purposeful, and I can tell you how they are consequently okay. behaving. Now, if you look at hundreds of different combinations of those, you get a picture of how purpose is impacting mm. behavior. So you have now two things. One is um, a number, which tells you how purposeful okay. a company is. Then you compare it on international benchmarks. Kind yeah. of interesting. But you also have a clear understanding of how that degree of purpose understanding or purpose connection is driving consequent performance. And one of the key performance issues or key performance measures is going back to the great resignation is retention or likely yeah, to resign. Yeah. Now, what that will tell you is that there is no direct and immediate relationship between purpose and output. So the idea that you introduce purpose and people immediately feel more engaged is false. Okay. What happens is there are cultural activators. So then there is a third thing you need to measure, which are very specific activators in the culture. And just to, yeah, take, just yeah. to give you an example of two, one is okay. trust. If people don't feel fundamentally safe and they don't feel clear about how the company is going to treat them, it doesn't really matter how amazing your purpose is. People mm. can't engage with it because they spend their time and their energy avoiding getting into trouble, being blamed and all those things. And another, and the second one, a second one is, is ownership, just as two examples. So what is ownership? Ownership is the sense that this is mine. And I will find it as a human being very difficult to fundamentally engage in something unless I feel it's something it's that termed or attached to me. Yes, think of a sporting team. So you now have three things. So you have yeah. purpose that gives you a number that tells you the degree to which the company, the employees in the company feel it to be purposeful. You then have an output in terms of how they're behaving. And you have a route map which tells you yeah. why they're behaving like that. And that combination then gives you a, a number of things. It gives you obviously a number you can compare, compare with other companies. Interesting. Compare it over time. Interesting. Compare it between different genders or different work groups or different departments. Interesting. But much more interesting than that is you have the causality. So if you know that your junior female mm -hmm. staff in your Basingstoke mm -hmm. office are struggling, you look at the data and it tells you why they're struggling and it will give you the sense that the reason purpose is not engaging with them is because they lack trust or they lack clarity yeah. or they lack ownership or, or whatever specifically it is within the culture. So purpose is, a, is about a cultural activation process rather than a set of words. So uh, it, it makes sense to a degree. And I think for listeners listening to that, I think there's, there's a lot in there. So let's just unpack a couple of things there. First of all, you, you, asked, you said the thing earlier about um, what does a highly successful agile organization look like from a purpose perspective? So how do you know what purpose and agile mean to an organization? Because you've got to find those organizations. So where, and, and I'm taking that as a bit of a benchmark in some ways. 25 years of analysis is the answer right. to that. So, so I'm separating those two things out. I'm saying independent of purpose, we are looking at what an, an agile company okay. looks like. So we, we did an enormous amount of research over many, many years looking at Com companies of different okay. types and you can and, and it's not rocket science you know you kind of intuitively know mm, what a great mm. company looks like your people are engaged people are aligned people are clear people have, make quick decisions people feel safe the organization has a culture of compassion yeah. and all of those things are measurable and, and, and the key thing about i think the way we in cambridge are measuring this is that it's academically robust because so much of this stuff is flim flam, frankly. So that's one thing. Then secondly, you ask about purpose. It is a immutable fact that those agile companies tend to have a very active yeah. purpose. Okay. But the, the, the two are not necessary. We're not, they're not absolutely in lockstep. It's just that companies that do well tend to be very clear about why they do it. 
And then the third thing they do is that they get really, really good culture. And so people feel safe, people feel engaged, they, they feel ownership. And, and it's all of those things yeah, that are activated. Okay. So what you're trying to do is, I mean, essentially we have one mission in the world, which is to help organizations activate their purpose. Um, because in by doing that, they make for happier workforces, more productive companies, and ultimately we save the planet and society. Okay, so that's key. Business has yeah. the solutions. We just need to give people the metrics to enable them to activate okay. their purpose. So can you just go back and say that? Because I think that's the key piece there. You said about your mission to help people, and then you ultimately came up to save the planet. So just reiterate that, because I think that's a core piece around it, isn't it? Because actually, this is what purpose really means when you look at that mission. So you can just reiterate what you just said, if you could just, just go back on that. Yeah, I mean, I think, so our mission is to help, to, to help organizations activate yeah. their purpose. And the reason for that is that it is in the gift of, uniquely, it is in the gift of businesses to solve society's problems. The government is not yeah. going yeah. to do this. Um, in other institutions are not, you know, the United Nations, well, they try, but actually the people who are going to solve the problem mm. is us. And I have yet to meet, uh, apart from in very rarefied environments, I have yet, yet to meet a human being who runs an organization that doesn't want to, have to make for a healthier society and, and a healthier yes. planet. Yeah. The problem is they feel that they either don't know what levers to pull. Okay. Or that if they act on their morality and their principles, they will be blamed by a uh, investor, regulator, CFO, mm. whatever. And and what we're doing is saying, look, if we were able to provide you with the numbers, the metrics that solve those two problems, that said, look, we can tell you which levers okay. to pull, and we can we can increase the performance of your company, at least the human performance of your company, by say, you know, twenty to thirty percent which is perfectly yeah. doable if you activate your purpose okay. properly. And we can provide you the numbers that tell you or, or reassure you that by doing that, you are going to ultimately increase your, your asset value. Then it reassures people to know how, yeah. what to do and why to do it. So what we're trying to do is support organizations to have the courage of their existing convictions. That's key. And I, and, and I think it's the bit you said there, I think is one of the, the nubs of this, isn't it? We know that by, or you've just said it there, by engaging people, by getting them to feel more trust, give them more ownership, you're going to increase productivity by human pro performance by 20%, and you're going to increase the asset value of the organization. So there's some clear metrics in there, which you can say, if you do this and this, you're going to get this. So actually businesses... Yes. Yeah, at the end of the day, they need to sit up and listen to this. And we know lots of businesses are because the word purpose has been banded around for many years. And, you know, if you go back to some of the, the works we've seen, it's been around for a long time. But there's clear metrics there. You're saying there's a direct correlation between increasing your activation of purpose and the value of your business and the increased performance of the individuals because they feel more engaged in your organization in the first place. Uh, yes. So if if you did something really simple, which is you put... Um, purpose up the the y-axis okay. of the graph and you put human performance along yeah. the long axis the x-axis um, what you observe whether you plot organizations whole companies or departments within mm. a company or individuals you have a direct okay. line a linear relationship the higher up yeah. purpose 
the higher the performance in the okay, organization. Now, by, by performance, I have to be very clear about what I mean. I'm not talking about necessarily commercial performance because that's an outcome of, of organizational performance. By organizational performance, I mean the human effectiveness in the uh, business, okay. the commitment, the care, the clarity, the engagement, the innovation, the creation, the openness, all of these human factors, there is a direct correlation. Now, the next thing is the skeptical go, well, all you're really saying is those people or organizations that are highly mm. purposeful are also happen to be by coincidence um, more effective. And, and that's perfectly reasonable assumption yeah. to make. But actually, if you run the regression analysis, purpose is a perfect predictor. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you if you on a data set of, of we've measured purpose in large organizations as well, all sorts of organizations, but including some very large ones in 26 countries globally. And on that data yeah. set, the regression analysis between purpose and, for example, employee net promoter mm. score is almost perfect. So 1% increase in purpose leads to a 0.9% increase in employee net wow. promoter score. Now, you may or may not believe in net promoter score as a measure, and it has some holes in it, but yeah. it's a pretty reasonable proxy for how do I feel yeah. in the company, because it means I'm going out actively promoting yeah. the company. Yeah. And to do that, um, if you want to know the number, the, 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 the prediction, purpose predicting turnover or or retention it's about 0.7 to point okay. so so for every one unit you can increase per people's feelings around purpose that your retention will increase by about wow. 0.7 okay. well that's a pretty direct yeah, set yeah. of returns you know you you've you've shoved up your purpose which doesn't cost you anything it just costs you courage and authenticity mm. and care and you've had a reduction in turnover of a significant amount. So we often see communities in organizations where they work on this have a reduction in turnover of between 20 and 30%. Wow. Okay. Because I can show you data sets where if you divide the population in an organization very simply between those people who will say, yes, I believe my company is purposeful, and you compare those to people who are neutral, not even negative, who are just going, well, I'm not mm. really sure. I mean, yeah, sort of. What you'll see is you will have almost zero. In most companies, it'll be less than 2% intention to leave in the group that says my company is purposeful. And I looked at, a we just did a piece of analysis for a global publishing company. And I was just looking at their numbers this morning. In that group of people who are simply saying, I believe my company stands for something purposeful, they had literally nobody intending to leave the company across the business. Wow. If you look at the neutral yeah. group, um, you'll have turnover intention of between, you know, thirty and forty percent. I mean, it, it, it depends mm, on the company. Mm. So, so it, it's and and what do you mean by turnover intention? Yeah. And within that turnover intention, you have gradations between I'm leaving tomorrow. But but the point is, there's there's a staggering mm. difference. If you look at the negative okay. group, the people who go, I do not believe my company is purposeful at all. I think it's a con. They are very likely to go post pandemic that's where people are leaving people who say i am no longer connected with the meaning the company claims to stand for they will have a turnover attention of well i've seen one organization where it was about 80 percent people are so connected to that sense mm -hmm. of meaning their disenchantment their disengagement their 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 anger at being told something that is not true is such driving an inauthentic purpose is far more damaging yeah, than not even yeah. starting on the journey. That's so what I'm trying to say is, 
there is a direct commercial relationship here between getting this right and and the one measure we've talked about, which is retention. Yeah, and and I think the interesting thing is you said about you know obviously we can get reduction in turnover twenty to percent twenty to thirty percent, and obviously the bit you mentioned there is that in the negative group people are very likely to leave. So if you looked at what any organization, you're not going to have 100% of people buying into the purpose of the organization in general. Some people no. will be, you know, as you said, if you look at EMPS across time, you're going to find some who are the seven and belows. They're going to be the detractors. You'll be looking at the eight, nines and tens in a, in a purely MPS term who are going to be for the company. They're going to be voting for it. But you're never going to get 100% in any organization unless or until you've had those who don't believe it leave. And then you've got to recruit those who now bind your purpose. So my view is, I wonder how many of the organizations you've measured have got 100% satisfaction around that people believe in the purpose? None. None. Okay. So I wonder what is it? Because obviously people over the last two years have been looking at how they do business, how they work, what they want to be doing. Um, so organizations have to change because if we want to get, let's say, say a hypothetical ideal 100% of people buying into our purpose, that's a pretty difficult thing. So what do companies need to do to increase their level of authenticity and attract the people who actually are really going to buy into your purpose in the first place? So, so 100% is, is a pretty steep climb. I mean, yeah. we haven't been fortunate enough to measure Patagonia. And okay. Phil and I, you, you, you and I both know we, we're in yeah. love with Patagonia as an organization. Yeah. Because I think their purpose is so, so inspiringly clear and yeah. courageous. Yeah. So let us look at Patagonia as an organization as a way of explaining what me trying to answer your question, yeah. which is that, so what, so Patagonia, I imagine that you would get in Patagonia a purpose score of, of well over 90, yeah, uh, yeah. which it, it, it isn't quite the same as say 90% of people believe in purpose, but let's, let's just say it is. You know, 90, 95% of people are going to go, yes, I believe my company is purposeful. Yeah. I, I, there may be more, maybe 100, I, I doubt it. Now, why is that? Well, I think it's because of a number of things. First of all, Patagonia has a very, very clear purpose, and it, it transcends Patagonia's immediate interests. So Patagonia could, as an organization, say, our purpose um, is to be a, a manufacturer of, of environmentally sensitive clothing or something and, and that would be true but what they actually say is we are in business to save the home planet yeah it is an incredibly clear and unequivocal state statement of the reason they choose to exist yeah yeah number one it's incredibly clear number two is they attract people who find that attractive. yeah that's the key and so they and number three is they are incredibly consistent with how they exercise yeah yeah. I remember the old stories about Patagonia from the beginning when, when they decided, for example, that they were going to only use organic cotton. And then they realized there was no such thing as organic cotton. So they created it from field to factory. Wow. They invested in the generation because no one had done it before. Yeah. They had to. The Trump tax thing, you know, they suddenly get dumped with a whole load of tax benefits after Trump came in and they gave them all away because they couldn't stomach it, it didn't work yeah. and so they gave it to, to um, environmental charities you know the fact they won't deal with anyone unless they're actively supporting the, the environment they i mean they, they have so yeah. many aspects of and i think what they're very clever at doing is looking for opportunities to demonstrate their authenticity yeah, yeah. so yes of course they're authentic but they like to be able to show people they are yeah and plus the other thing they do is they work incredibly hard on their culture so that they in create an environment that wraps people in support so that they can exercise their choice to to um to save the home planet yeah. because 
that everything about it. So just as a, another little Patagonia fact, in the last five years, and this is quite a large organization, in the last mm. five years, the number of people who have not returned from maternity or paternity leave is zero. Wow. Amazing. Because there's no reason not to, mm. because I love the company. I believe in its mission and the company provides fantastic crash facilities. Yeah. So it is both it works. a statement of intention and the, the, the superstructure that supports it. Yeah. So I think That's... out of all that thing, if companies want to be purposeful, first of all, courageous, secondly, yeah. authentic, and, three, and, and thirdly, sustained, that they that. do it over a long period of time. That's the key. That's, that's yeah. the case. Yeah. That's the thing. And, and you know, we, we, we've never measured a company that anything like 100 we did measure an organization, um, and I can tell you they are. They're an organization called Go, mm -hmm. and they're um, a telecom and technology company. And when we did their measurement, uh, it was embarrassing how good they were. I mean, their people loved them. <laughs> their purpose was you know, incredibly clear. And I was really worried about going to report to the chief executive. So I was thinking, he's, you know, what are you going to say about this? Yeah. And he said, what is so fantastic about this is I now know where we're not getting this right. Even in that company where they were, um, you know, amazing really organization good. in terms yeah, of how they looked yeah. after people. He still said, look, I've got 20% of my people who are not on the bus yet, not as much as I would like them to be. I'd never known where they were, who they were, how they felt before. This is really clarifying to us yeah, about how we are the next step, the next step. Yeah. And and even they, you know, I mean, I don't know, I can't remember what they had, uh, 78% maybe of, of purpose positives. Just, just to unpack some of that, I think there's a, there's a great thing there. And I think Patagonia, you know, we all hold Patagonia up as, as, as a pristine company. That's the one that does what we, we talk about. And I think that factor of time and consistency sticks in my mind there because we know they're courageous. They set out to do things. They're being authentic. But as a factor of time, they're doing it consistently. So people are joining the organization because they believe in the purpose of what Patagonia stands for, because actually saving the home planet, it, it matters to those individuals. Some people will choose not to join Patagonia for that same reason. There might be some out there. Um, and I think the key bit there is actually organizations have to stand up and say, this is what we stand for, and then do it relentlessly to make sure that people really buy into that. And I think that's the bit that I take away from what you're saying. Yeah. So I'm sure if we looked at the organization you mentioned there, Go, um, they, I don't know when, don't know when they existed or when they created themselves, but actually if they've been doing it for a long enough period of time, they will eventually have a team of people in there who buy into their purpose wholeheartedly, want to be part of the business. And actually you'll get that score up. You said 78, maybe it'll be higher over time. But I yeah. think it's that time factor and consistency comes to my mind there. And, and the point I, I really think is important for people to, to realize is it, it is about creating a, a, a purpose that is inspiring, but then it is about mm. living it in a culture that is supporting. So there is no point in having a purpose if your culture is such that people don't, that, that it is not clear that that purpose is, is exercised every day and in every decision. You know, if you, you can't have a purpose and then go, well, we'd like to do it, but that client is really too valuable for us we can't lose it or this mm. piece of work is too important we, we you know you have to be consistent you can't have a purpose and then go well it's all right that terry doesn't act like that because he's our biggest fee earner or you know he's a he's the partner who's been around for 40 years we can't yeah. make him do it we'll just put him in a box and he can carry on as before inauthenticity completely undermines and confuses people so first mm. of all the purpose has to be genuinely exercised in everything the company does which is why it's really important that you're clear at the outset what your purpose is and that you can do it because if you can't do it then don't try and the second I, thing is people good. feel have to feel really safe so they have trust is everything in this if 
and people, organizations, I talk to chief executives all the time and go, oh yeah, we've got really high levels of trust. And you talk to their people and they really haven't. It's just that their engagement mm. survey tells them they do. Because if I'm asked to fill in an engagement survey, I'm not going to go, I don't trust my boss. So trust is key. And that is radical levels of trust are required. That requires incredible vulnerability of leadership. Yeah. And the third thing is people have to be allowed to take ownership of it and actually ultimately compelled to take ownership. We have to get our people to step up to the plate and say, look, we've gone as far as we can. We've created a world in which we believe we've got a, a, a courageous authentic culture mm. you guys now need to take responsibility for this which goes to your point phil about people leaving because that's when people will leave because i go well that's not what i subscribe to yeah so yeah. yeah but if you once you've got that it's like a sewing machine these organizations are amazing because they are an organization entirely staffed by by workers but sorry by owners so they are people who feel that they own yeah. the company emotionally and that changes everything yeah. And, and, you know, that ownership, I think, is one thing, isn't it? Because when people fully buy into it, they become the owner of that organization mentally, physically, emotionally. That's the key bit. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And the last thing to say about purpose statements or purposes, you've got to be very, very careful. I, I love the, um, the, the brew dog story, not because of the, the, <laughs> the, the horrors of some of the culture. Yes. But, you know, people say, oh, brew dog is not purposeful. Brew dog are a really purposeful company. It's just that their purpose is really adolescent. And so their behavior is really adolescent. That's now, I'm sure that you know, they might sue me for yeah. saying that. And I, what do I know? But if someone goes to, 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 to the market or goes out to the world and says, um, our purpose is to make everyone love craft beer as much as we do. It's a really interesting statement because what it's saying is we're right, you're wrong. Um, we know something that you don't. And we're going to compel you to do this. And if you don't subscribe to this vision, then you're on the outside. Now, if you That's reflect that on an employee situation, it's the same idea. You know, you're either in the purple circle, yeah. or you're, not. you're either one of the founders mates or you're not, because the purpose is very locker room. Mm. It's very kind mm. of adolescent. The whole culture is very That's interesting. It's a brilliant business. I mean, I, I love them in many ways, but I can absolutely see why it's incredibly excluding of certain yeah. people because it's, it's not a very mature way of stating yeah. a purpose. So it's it has, adolescent view. So what you... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's brilliant in many ways. And, you know, if I built a business that size, that successful, who actually do generally do do some good in the world, I'd be very proud of myself. But they need to stop and think about how their purpose is actually inherently excluding. Yeah. yeah and therefore their culture is excluding. That's so what I'm saying is we need to be really think through what we mean by this. So, yes, it has to be authentic. Yeah. But it also has to be you know, practical, something we can achieve. Yeah. And it has to be, we have to think through the consequences of what the words mean. Yeah, I think that's the and the other yeah. thing, it, it, it has to be inspiring. You know, so many purpose statements are just yeah. dull. They're just, they're just, you know, hygiene factors. Yeah. Our purpose is to connect customers with opportunities. I and mean, of course it is, you know, you're a bank, what do you expect? Whereas you think back to Patagonia again, you know, we are in business. It isn't our purposes. We are we only exist to yeah. save the home planet. That's it. I mean, that is a big yeah. vision. And, and Unilever, my old um, alma mater, yeah. you, you know, Unilever's purpose is, is fabulous because it isn't about we want to be environmentally sustainable pre, pre manufacturer of, of cosmetics or whatever. It is that we want to um, make uh, sustainable living commonplace, that everything we do in the world will be to help customers, employees, supply chains to become 
sustainable in how they live. I, I think yeah. that's yeah. a really interesting set of words. So it's 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 an ambition. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, actually. I had a, a gentleman on the podcast a number of months back with Robert Barnard Weston, and he worked with Paul Pullman right at the beginning, uh, amongst others, to help look at some of the things that organizations can do in terms of creating that sustainability aspect of their business and, and really get to, to grips with what it meant. Uh, and he talked about his work with Anita Roddick around what the body shop yeah. meant at the beginning. So when Robert worked with Anita right at the beginning to look at how do you create a business that has sustainability from the core? Now we're talking many years back, but that was the core of what they did. And that's why those businesses yeah. sustain now. Um, just, just going back to that BrewDog one, you know, I, I would love to see how BrewDog could measure their purpose using your index. So if there's any listener out there, the connections into uh, the BrewDog founders, it'd be interesting to see how they do stack up in terms of what their purpose means. Because I think this adolescent bit stands for me in the sense that actually at some stage that needs to grow up if they want to sustain long time to build their business. Because obviously there's been lots of things in the, in the news over the last few years about BrewDog and the culture within it in the same way that you've had for other fast-growing organizations. So actually, there's a bit there to say, okay, where are we today? And what could we be in the future? Let's measure it today and let's measure it in the future. Because I think it'd be interesting to see what people really think of that organization internally. Great business, commercially, doing good. But what more could it do if it really got aligned is the bit I'm hearing from you there. It's, you know, it's the next step, the growing up stage. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'd probably quit my pitch with, with James and his, and his boys yeah. by saying what I've said. But... You know, I mean, I think what they'll find is that they have a small group of people who are absolutely passionate and a lot of people who are quite disconnected. And, and the key here is per perception is reality. If that's how yeah. we perceive it, that's how other people perceive it. And that's the key to what purpose means. In, in the same as positioning for anything in an organisation, you can go out yeah. of your way to create the positioning. If you've created the positioning inadvertently the wrong way, that's the perception. And I think one of the interesting things that's developed in this conversation is, is an understanding that I think you and I both have and perhaps the world doesn't necessarily, certainly the world of large corporate organizations. Mm -hmm. And that is that what we're talking about is the fundamental set of beliefs that inform the culture of the organization. We're not yeah. talking about a statement. Yeah. And a lot of large organizations kind of think their purpose is about what they say to other chief executives at yeah. Davos or what they put yeah. in their company report. And it's much more fundamental than that. So a lot of this is about the and that understanding of why we exist yeah. then informing the decisions you make so who you work with who supplies you what products you launch it drives that sense of of the business but what yeah. it also drives is is innovation and creation because it clarifies it clarifies and engages and yeah. suddenly you have people who are going i've got a great idea why don't we do this because it's theirs and they're clear about direction yeah so it's really important that we see purpose not as this sort of random kind of idea of some fluffy words, but fundamental to what the how the organization it is. It is yeah. the beating heart of the organization. Yeah. It is the DNA of the organization. Yeah. So yes, it has to be inspiring. Otherwise, it's not going to inspire anyone. And yes, it has to be clarifying. Otherwise, it doesn't clarify. Yeah. So we have really to use it. And that's the first question you ask is activation. It's the use of the purpose is activating of it. Yeah. And, and I don't care if people reject the word purpose and use a different word it is the thing that we subscribe to and believe in that clarifies us all to understand why what we do matters and therefore what we have to do yeah yeah and engages that's... us all in that journey so call it mission call it intention call it whatever the hell you like but it is that sense of ourselves yeah. is the power i love that I, I love that and for me it's the foundation i've written that you know at the end of the day it's the foundation it's you know i talk about purpose at the core but it's at the core and you said about the beating heart the dna it's that thing and therefore people buy into that thing 
and want to be part of it. And that's the, that's the piece that exudes from the organization. So we in the public outside of their organization feel and hear it and love that organization because of it or hate it because of it. Either way, it's, it, will, it will create one or the other. But Patagonia, come back to that again, you know, actually, how do we benefit the planet? That's the key. And that's why people buy into that. So yeah. I just want to, I just want to just jump around a little bit. You mentioned when we were talking before about this word anthropy. And I wonder, um, is that something that's worth talking about here in terms of some of the work you talked about with John O'Brien um, about building something for the future as well, in terms of really connecting back to source in terms of what the organization is all about? Well, uh, yes, I don't know if people, I don't know how many people are aware of anthropy. So anthropy is, um, is so, so John O'Brien is a brilliant guy, deep thinker around about this and has been for many, many years, wrote one of the original books about purpose and really understands this. And I think, I mean, I'm not gonna put word in, words in, in John's mouth, but, uh, uh, and, and I'm not involved in, in anthropy as an idea really, but he's, he's fundamentally after a long, long career looked mm. at business and realized a lot of the things we're talking about that actually fundamentally business has the the duty and the opportunity to make the world a better place yeah. and there is an enormous desire now to do that yeah and that desire is driven from a number of different aspects one aspect i think is that people have always felt that they would like to work for a company or like to run and lead a company that does good in the world but they've always felt that's not the way it works mm. and one of the things the pandemic has done is it's reframed that conversation so it is now how it works we now have permission to say actually unequivocally i'm here to, to solve society's problems yeah as long as i can do that profitably the other big driver is fundamentally talent is disappearing out the door i cannot tell you how many people i've spoken to in the last six to eight weeks who are mm. leaving maybe this year so a couple of months yeah who are leaving incredibly highly paid senior positions in organizations that a generation ago, or even you know, when I was young, you would have cut your arm off to work for because they're disillusioned. And these organizations are bleeding talent. I met someone this morning yeah. leaving a very, very senior job in, in a very large, <laughs> well-regarded organization because the inauthenticity of how that organization has yeah. approached yeah. her experience of it and going to work at probably half the rate for a small consultancy doing good in the world and there are thousands of them yeah. so there is this, there's a sort of there's a kind of imperative at one level that actually people are waking up and going it is my duty to set to solve some of these problems yeah. and at the same time the commercial reality that if i don't i haven't got much of a business and then the regulatory reality of regulators saying you, know, you now are required. I mean, the UK Corporate Governance Code now specifically yeah. says you must demonstrate how you are act effectively activating purpose. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it doesn't quite use those words, but not far. But that's what it's meaning. Yeah, that's the meaning of it to the in, to the investor environment. Where you know, yes, of course, everyone points at Larry Fink and says he's saying amazing things. But actually, from a fundamental <laughs> point perspective, most big investors now are simply refusing to invest significantly in organizations that don't are not clear about what their social yeah, benefit is because yeah. you know partly because it's a moral choice going back to my first point but also because they know they haven't got longevity these yeah. companies are not going to be here in 10 years time if you're a pension fund there is no point in investing in companies that do bad in the world yeah i mean if you're a head fund, head fund manager fine because then there's both the immorality and the short-termism which is fine but they're a very unusual group and yeah. have now upset hedge fund managers as well as brewdog which I apologize, but I genuinely think, you know, I talk to people at senior figures in investments and this is a real thing. It's not 
marketing. There's a genuine mm. thing here. Um, let me just get rid of this. So, um, so, uh, so you're asking about Antifa. So, uh, John O'Brien is 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 organising the most extraordinary gathering, I think you'd call it, of senior leaders mm. um, at um, Tim Schmidt's place down in, in Cornwall, Project. the Eden yeah. Project. And it's going to be three days of conversations, incredibly open conversations, and it's kind of open house. So you've got the, the leaders of some of the biggest companies around. You've got thinkers, you've got academics, you've got authors, you've got spiritualists, you've got all sorts of people coming together. Um, and, and I just think it looks absolutely brilliant. And someone described it as ethical Davos or something. And, and yeah, kind of yeah. John O'Brien throws his hand in the air and goes, it's not, you know, it's nothing to do with Davos. It, in a sense, it is only that. It is a gathering of people who want to expose themselves to new ideas yeah. and seek a better world. And I'm not that. sure Davos is really about necessarily seeking a better world, but I think anthropy genuinely, genuinely is. Now yeah, it's the first yeah. time it's ever happened. Uh, I have, I'll be there. I, I, I'm hoping I'll, I'll be doing some speaking and stuff there. I don't know. There's you know loads of people wanting to get involved. So okay. I think it's great. I think it's great. Yeah. I think people should go. I think you know, couple, two or three days um, at the Eden Project would be fantastic. Anyway, I think it, yeah. it has a very pure intention to do good in the world. Some very senior people are getting involved. Some of our clients are, are really excited about it. Um, so I, I think it's great. It's great. You're going to be there, Phil. And I think the key bit there, actually, you know, you said about the we all have the duty and the opportunity to make the world a better place. And to me, that's the that's the nub of what purpose is about to me, because to me, if we get that right as business owners, as business leaders, as employees, we can shift the world in a direction that's for the better of mankind long term and short term. And to me, yeah. when you talked about, you know, the, 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 the purpose of what John O'Brien is trying to do, actually bringing people together to have that discussion, have a debate and see what comes out of it. I, I love that in terms of that gathering, essentially, you know, the, the open house type of approach to it. So um, I think I'll, I'll put some links into that in the show notes so people can find out more about that, because there's a, there's a key bit there about what that really means. Um, John, we're going to come to the end of the, this conversation in a, in a few minutes time. And uh, I've got one last question for you. And this is the question which I think a lot of people listen to the podcast, listen to other podcasts, they look at other videos and read the books. I wonder if you were to direct people to, to something you say, this is the body of knowledge where you need to go and look at because you'll find more about this. What are the things, what are the books, what are the podcasts that you've read, listened to or heard of that you think, hey, that can transform people's thinkings, especially around this word of, you know, we've got a duty and an opportunity to make the world a better place. What have you listened to? Well, I wasn't aware there were other podcasts other than this one. Well, this is obviously the number one, but this we like is... to offer other people of opportunities other, as well. Give other people a go. Um, so, yeah, in books, I think there's a there's a book called Powered by Purpose by mm -hmm. Sarah Rosenthaler, R O Z E N T H U L E R, and and it's a great book if you're relatively new to the subject. So it is yeah. both practical and introductory. So I, I, I think it's a, it's a good, it's a really good introduction to purpose. If you're more experienced in the field, um, you may, you may find it, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, but, but you're kind of, there's nothing maybe not new for you, but, but I think it's a really good book, but it's also a sort of primer about here are some practical things you can do as a business owner. Cause Sarah is a, is a brilliant, I mean, she's originally um, an organizational psychologist, but she's she's brilliant at understanding how organizations, particularly mid-sized and small organizations, work. So I think that's a good okay. one. Um, I think if you want to explore the bigger picture, Alex yeah. Edmonds's "Grow the Pie" is 
is a superb book. So Alex yeah, is yeah. he's a professor of economics at London Business School, and he is coming at it very much from a position of, of economics, and he's not coming at it, at it really from a position of, of morality or principle. He's okay. looking at it in fairly hard terms, and it's really interesting. It being, I suppose you'd call it purpose, but it's, he calls mm. it pie growing. He, he is essentially, his thesis is, the world in which you think there's everything is finite, and therefore we're fighting over what's possible, so I win, you lose, is fundamentally inefficient, and actually in economics terms is a nonsense. That what we should all be doing is, is growing, what he calls growing the pie, yeah. so that how do, how do I win, you win? And so in the sort of social purpose thing, how does, how does my success help society? How does society's success help me organizationally in the planetary sense? You know, how does me contributing to a healthier planet, how does a healthier planet contribute to me growing my business? And, and you know, long term, it's all very obvious, but actually yeah. short term, it's quite interesting. The benefits, so really. so it's, it's very, it's an interesting. And Alex is the guy who did the original fascinating research where he demonstrated um, in purely economic terms, the asset value of purpose, that the more purposeful a company, the higher its asset value. And he did that over a 25-year linear study of, of share prices in, on the New York stock, stock market. And, and it's a bloody interesting piece of research. You know, it, yeah, yeah. it just basically definitively shows that it, those companies that pursue an ethical stance, but particularly bring their employees with them on that journey, are just more sustainably successful. So there's, there's two. Yeah, no, brilliant. Thank you. Well, John Rosling, it's been lovely to talk to you. Lovely to reconnect and really to find out about this world of purpose activation and purpose measurement means. But I think at the end of the day, the, the, the bit I'm hearing there is, you know, purpose, we can't do without it. We've got to be there. And actually the bit you said there from anthropy is, you know, at the end of the day, we've got a duty and we've got an opportunity to make the world a better place. And businesses are the leaders to do that. Therefore, we have to have purpose to make all that happen. So uh, I really thank you for, uh, for your comments. It's been a great conversation. And then um, I hope listeners will, uh, will take away some interesting facts. If people want to get in touch with you, if you're inclined to do so, where would they find you? I'll put these in the show notes as well. But where can they find John Rosling? Uh, well, John Rosling on LinkedIn. Okay. It's a good place to start. Yeah. Uh, the company Contexas uh, and the measurement is Contexas Index. But if you just go to Contexas, C-O-N-T-E-X-I-S, Contexas.com, but LinkedIn's probably the best place. I'm always happy always to connect with people on LinkedIn. We'll stalk you there. Thank you, John. John, I really appreciate it. Nice to talk to you. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Phil. See you soon. Bye. Thank you. So that concludes this episode of Sparks. Thanks for listening. We're always looking for ideas on how to drive this podcast forward. So if you've got comments, please leave them via a review of our show, along with your rating. Or send us an email to sparks at eviumconsult.com.